0: Hello and welcome back to the Backstreet Podcast. I'm Danny Squires and I'm actually coming to you from sunny Australia. I arrived on Friday last week, thought I'd better take this show on the road and get a bit of warm weather in, see a few people. Uh, I'm also joined by Michael McKnight. He's holding down the fort in Belfast. How's it going, Michael? How's the weather?
1: I'm good, Danny, though, based on today's weather, I'm kind of envious it's pissing down here and it's cloudy um you know so you're you're sitting in what 32 degree heat sucking yeah. a cold beer down yeah it'd be yeah.
0: top of 32 today blue skies so yeah it's absolutely glorious and i uh, needed yeah much needed vitamin d injection
1: <laughs> yeah so. well look i think this is our final episode before christmas and it's been a pretty amazing last couple of weeks in terms of uh spectacular performances and local athletes so we've a lot to talk about
0: yeah first up we're gonna look back at the the euro cross country championships in brussels, uh, brussels which brought a lot, a lot of success for ireland and for the northern irish slash ulster connection and michael you're gonna be telling us all about the trip you took over to telford 10k which was by all accounts a, a super hot race
1: yep, and if we have time, I think we have to mention the Irwin Spears cross Country and the Northwest cross Country, um as well as maybe mention a couple of the seasonal athletic festivities that happen uh, just around Christmas and into the new year. I think we're talking Christmas
0: cracker, yeah, yep, yeah, Christmas cracker. It's uh, an interesting race that we can get into a, a bit later in the episode. Um, I'm really keen to preview a few of the the people that might take out the uh, the title. But to begin, uh, we're going to actually be revisiting the Euro cross country champs in Brussels, which took place on the 10th of December. It was a really good day for the Irish athletics. So Irish athletes, and we're delighted to be joined by Nick Greeks, who led the Irish male under 20 team to a historic victory. They got team gold and Nick secured third place bronze medal for himself. So, Enjoy this interview with Nick. It is a brilliant one. So, here we are with Nick Griggs. Welcome to the Backstraight podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. How's the form?
2: No worries, no worries. I'm not too bad. Yeah, just getting on with training and stuff after euro. So, I'm getting back to it now.
0: Yep, straight back into things. So, did you have a bit of a rest?
2: I got Monday off, got Monday off, we travelled early on Monday morning, so uh, yeah, just because of the lack of sleep and stuff, I was allowed to take a day off, fortunately, so it was it was well earned, and then ended up on Tuesday, I ran a bit too quick, because I was feeling so fresh, but yeah, just yeah. back into it now, it's uh, the first week of,
0: of being back into it. Good stuff, hopefully that lack of sleep wasn't uh, also combined with a hangover or anything like that.
2: Um, of course not, of course not, especially not yeah. me, know no.
0: Definitely not. Um. Look, so let's get chatting about the Euros then. Um, that's a pretty, way, like you know, remarkable way to end the year. Another podium for yourself and a team gold. How does that rank in your growing CV over the mud? Oh yeah, it was good. It was very good. Um, I think going
2: into it, obviously, it was kind of muddy, and um, I'm not the best. I'm, I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm that bad, but I was more in my head, obviously, after nationals about them. Um, the course. So I kinda just had to put it out of my head. But yeah, it was a solid run. Not nothing to, to start the world like, you know, obviously I want to to win and do one better than last year. But again, just in the conditions and with everything that happened with Nationals, I think on that last lap, it was kind of going for my head. And it was kind of like I don't want to go with them too early in case something like a repeat kind of happens. So yeah, maybe on a, on a different day, not that I would have won or come second, but I feel like on a different day I might have been in that kick. But again, I you can't be disappointed. That's just the reflection that I, that I've had since the race. And um, yeah, I, overall, it was, it was a really good day. It was lovely to get back in the podium, especially cross. is so unpredictable, as you know. So it, it was nice to get back on that podium. And then obviously leading the lads to a team gold was very very special. Since in Dublin we came second, and again I feel like it was it was it was my fault we didn't win in a way. Um, Abdel had a really good run, Dean had a really good run, and I kind of let us down a wee bit. And we lost by points, so. And then last year again we came second, um, and we were the lowest points ever in the under twenty men's race to not win. So that was pretty heartbreaking. Mm. Uh, so this one felt like this one felt like redemption, and it was it was good to finally get Ireland at the top of the podium in the under twenty men's race.
1: I was going to ask you about your race, but you kind of answered it in what you just said there mm-hmm. about how it panned out. I mean, you're either lucky or unlucky that you have two absolutely stellar competitors, um. Yeah. You know, Laros, of course, achieved amazing things over the summer. Um, and then the, the Danish guy, I think he won it two years ago. Was that right? Yeah, he did, yeah. So I suppose the thing you can control is that, you know, you're up against two absolute, you know, superb juniors. It's a really high standard. So just getting on the podium is amazing. But is the race that you planned in your head the one that happened? Or do you have to adjust uh, to mid-race? To a certain extent, like... Obviously, the
2: race that I plan in my head is me winning because that's just what everyone does. You know what I mean. But I'd say the race that I envisioned in in the past, you, you kind of have to think about different outcomes. You know what I mean. So obviously, there was there was ones of of me winning, and then some of just like that. That was one of the outcomes, especially in those conditions. I feel like. I had to go with them, you know what I mean? Like, they're they're two world-class athletes, world-class juniors. So there really wasn't an option no matter what the course was like. I had to just go with them. And then, yeah, as I said, I feel like I did execute it pretty well. Just that one thing of maybe I could have went with them. But, again, I'm not going to regret that because, as I said, I could have ended up falling with 400 to go again. And I knew there was, like, a muddy patch uh, that was coming up. So, going down the last hill, I remember, I literally remember thinking, uh, going up, it's like up the last hill, and he turned the corner, went down, I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to catch Axel here, I was like, because he's good and strong, I was like, I'm just going to outkick him in the home straight, I was like, because I I could see him looking around, and I was like, yeah, I think he's hurting, but I was like, just don't go too early, because I know it's still muddy, and you've got, like, similar to Gower, there was, like, a bit of mud, a big patch of mud leading into the home straight, so I was like, just don't kick too early, don't kick too early, and then by the time I get into the home straight, it was like, right, time to kick it was just about the 10 seconds ahead and I was like oh well there's, there's no I'm not gonna get him now so I kind of just got the watch to finished from behind which was which was pretty nice but yeah there's always way areas to improve no matter no matter if you don't win you know what I mean even if you do win there's there's areas that you can improve on. but yeah overall I was pretty happy with the way I raced and again cross country is just so unpredictable it doesn't matter what shape you're in sometimes the course, the conditions, etc can just can just get the
1: best of you. So I was happy to put an end
2: to the cross country season and uh, now get back on the track.
1: You also alluded to something just when you were speaking there about the sense of responsibility that you have as like the lead Irish under twenty in terms of trying to bring it home for the team. That's that's quite a, you know, I wouldn't say burden. It's a it's a responsibility on top of your own performance. So how do you kind of manage both of those?
2: I think um you ha- like obviously, if I go out and run my best, then that's gonna help the team, you know what I mean, so I definitely, in that last lap, I was when you start to hurt, and it was kind of that the split- second decision of do I go well in, and it was like, well, if I do and then I end up dropping out or completely dying, that might ruin the chance. obviously, I don't know where we are like team wise during the race, but was like that might ruin the chance that we have a medal or a chance that we have a win and et cetera, so it is kind of weighing up both of them options. But yeah, I'd say um, it's it goes hand in hand. If you run well, you've done all you can for your team. So yeah, definitely on an individual basis, it, it is an individual event, obviously. But again, when it comes down to it, at the end of the race, the whole team vibe, and the entire thing is just it's unbelievable. And when, and when it all comes together as a team, like the other two lads who you placed, Niall and Jonas, had two unbelievable runs. So um, yeah, I said on my Instagram like they we put it all together, all of us. I and mean, we we had five guys in the top thirty and everyone was in the top forty. Like that's that's pretty good going for a junior men's European cross. You don't see that very often. So yeah, it was definitely proud of them and um it's not something you see every day, Irish on top. And it's
1: a great way to sign off as an under twenty.
2: Oh hundred percent, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um I would like another year. I'm I'm nineteen today, actually, so I'm oh, so close birthday. to having oh, cheers. Happy birthday, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I know. Look what I'm doing on my birthday. I couldn't have anything better. But uh yeah. everybody's so th- listening
0: to this, make sure you jump into his DMs and uh send him a belated <laughs> birthday message. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I am just I'm so close to being oh five, which will give me another year, which is kind of frustrating. But again, yeah, I feel like I'm ready now to make that I feel like I've been a junior for so long, I'm ready to make that transition um from a junior to a to a good senior, which will be interesting and probably a lot more difficult than success at junior level.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems yeah, like great. you were you were doing that throughout the year a little bit as well. I mean, going to world champs and a few other races like that. I mean, you're sort of bridging that gap and establishing yourself there. So actually I actually had one more question about the race. So you, you mentioned that you were able to watch that finish between Laros and Christensen from behind. What did you think? Did you yeah. did you fancy Laros or Christensen?
2: Uh, but I I thought I just thought like Aris was going to win because he was clear and then I was just coming into the home straight and I was as I was realised like I've got fur, like I know the guy behind me is well behind it's like uh, you, I can enjoy the home straight like it's about 200 metres it's big long wide you look around you can see the fans but I was looking ahead and I was like kind of it's the only time in the race I could hear the commentary because you're kind of like less focused because the big race is basically over and I know I'm finishing where I'm going to finish. So I heard like, I seen Laris's legs and his form start to go a bit. And then I just heard like the Connors scream Axel. And I was like, no way, no way. But yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty mad finish, but um, I would have liked to have been in it obviously, but to watch it from behind was, it was a pretty good view as well. Best view in the, in the stadium, I'd say. Well, of
1: course. I hate to take it back there and we won't talk about it in detail. Um, You had a tough day at the Nationals. Um, and yet I think Brussels, you talked about redemption. It showed that you can absolutely do cross country. Um, when you have a difficult, um, you know, challenging set of circumstances like that, uh, and then it works out. What do you learn from that in terms as a young athlete, in terms of you're talking about making the transition next year to senior and stuff?
2: Um, yeah, there was kind of a lot to learn in the sense of I've never actually, like I've had, per performance like Dublin Eurocross as I was just talking about and then that's, that's probably the first one that's been like that was an absolute shocker like I didn't like I'd won Irish Champs at under 18 and 19 and then to not win a junior it's like oh, how, how has that even happened but um, I oh, look it's just one of them things that happens and I'm fortunate enough where I've not had a really low like a properly low day like that really in my life, like sporting career up until now so look it was disappointing at the time but again I, I I'm I'm lucky in the sense that I don't deep things too much. Like some athletes get so boiled down in their last race and this and that. It's like I know the quality that I that, that I that I have, and I know how. Like I ran a park on the week before and ran sub fourteen, so I knew I was. I'm in the best shape that I've been in in the winter. I'm much 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 better shape than last year. So it was kind of just not doubting myself. And like t- like times, I was like, "Oh, am I actually in good shape?" And I was like, "Right, that's wise up." You know what I mean? It's one race in what was very difficult conditions. I does not excuse the fact that I didn't win, you know, and you can't, kind of have to just accept that you got beaten in there. day. And, um, yeah, a bit of an experience. Like, I obviously went too early. I didn't think at the time I was going too early, but I just didn't really account for how bad the last K was was going to be in terms of, like, the muck and stuff like that. Um, and, yeah, look, kind of have to just move on and accept that, it's a bit of a reality check, like no matter how good you are, what shape you're in, some days it can, it's just just not your day and as long as you don't overthink that too much, like use it in the back of your head as motivation, you know what I mean? And there was um probably, well, I know there was some speculation that I don't, like I don't hold grudges or anything and I don't, again, I don't, I don't really care what anyone says about me, it's more about um the comments about my training and stuff like that, it's kind of like, like it's like an indirect dig up mark which is kind of what annoyed me but that's why i kind of had to just put that in my head and think look just go at your crossing and again as much as it was money and we went around the course and i was like thinking this is not an ideal course for me what are you gonna do the race is still gonna go ahead you're still gonna have to run so just put it out of your head and i try and run the best that you can but um yeah it, it was it was difficult but i just got back to training and thought just get two more weeks behind you and then go out at Eurocross and, and see what you can do. And look, if Eurocross doesn't go well and you drop out or... Drop and drop out wasn't really an option, but if you run a bad race or whatever, like, it's not the end of the world. Like, that's... And that's especially... I think it's easier to put it that way with cross-country because it is so unpredictable and there's so many different factors. But, like, on the track, I think I might find it a bit more difficult to us having consistently per races because it's kind of like, what well, is your excuse, you know what I mean? But, mm. yeah...
1: Yeah, I I think, you know, um, I think I mentioned in the pod when we were discussing the Nationals that I think sometimes people forget you're a really young athlete in terms of, you know, you're running at a high, really high level, you know, um, very quickly. And people have to cut you a wee bit of slack because as a young athlete, you're going to be learning you're going to learn more from, from when things go wrong. So I think you've got a really refreshingly mature attitude in terms of, you know, taking it on the chin, moving on. And then just turning the thing around, you know, because in anybody's career, you know, all athletes have those moments. Um, and there were very experienced athletes at Gurren in the senior race, um, like McAllenny, who, you know, by his own yeah. high standards had a really poor race. Um, and you know, he moved on. I think he ran a pretty good three K pretty quickly after it, or was it five K um somewhere? Uh, so yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't do well. So yeah. Oh, exactly.
0: Yeah, would you sort of in that situation where, you know, you you have taken a, a fall um, like you did down there in Gowran, was it just like a situation where you were just redlining for a bit too long and then it was just like completely blown to pieces or what was the situation? Um,
2: I think what, what really happened was like, I've not really obviously spoken about it because no one really asked, but um, yeah, yeah I, I like, there was a bit of ground that was firm going up the hill. And I, like, was obviously just running. So I looked look back just to see where they were, because I thought I was in the group. And all of a sudden, I had, like, a five meter gap. So I was like, oh, like, I've got this gap now. So, like, I may... Like, and I was feeling good. I was like, I may as well just extend it. So I think I probably just pushed fairly and And then coming down into... I don't even know where it was, but, I, like, the wind and stuff like that was actually really... I came around the corner and was like, this is actually really bad conditions. It was, like, wind. The wind was really bad. It was, like, obviously raining and stuff. But, like, what are you going to do? Um, And then... I think I heard, like, it might have been Finn Divers, mum, shout, like, under a K now, left, Nick? And I was thinking, what? I think no, I was like, I literally have about 400 metres. in me mean, here and I'm finished. So um, I was trying to just push it and push it and push it. And again, in a normal 5K, like on a park run that I ran the week before, you can't just hold that pain for a long period of time. But then I went around the corner, and I didn't really know how long was left. I knew it was short enough, and we just hit that really, really bad patch of mud and my legs, like I just took one step in it and just fail and then like tried to take another step. And then it was just like, no, I am I literally can't, I can't move here. But I think it was also a bit of, obviously i went too early, but, um, and kind of under fueling going into the race, which is something I think now, like I looking back on it, I've struggled with, um, in early morning races, because I, I used to be like a bit skits about eating, just thinking like, a stitch like eating a lot before a race. So um but it's all right on the track this year. I was grand because most of my races were at night. So we just do eat a full day of food and then have something an hour before the race or something. But yeah, because it was so early in the morning and we stayed over. I literally had like a few slices of toast and a coffee, which looking back, probably not the smartest thing to do. And then cause after the race, it's only it's happened to me like two or three times before. I was like growing up um I was just I was so just I couldn't get up for like half an hour because I went to sit up and like my head was just so sore. It was, Mark said it was like a hyperglycemic attack or something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, basically, I think I think I just went in under fuel. And it happened to me at World's, World Juniors, the semi final. And last year at Eurocross was the two times I've had it. And it's like, you just feel, I'm sure people have had it before, but I just felt literally atrocious for like an hour. Um, so I think that was, again, I'm not using that as an excuse, but I do think that was probably a factor going into it as to maybe why I did just, my legs went completely. But yeah, I managed to sort that out for euros and uh, didn't get yeah. a stitch. So laid off good. the
0: laid off the Jaffa cakes pre race. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> I know. I just had a. I got that sorted, but again, it's just as you were saying. It's it's just that that's something I learned from the race. Is like you you actually do need to like I you I am good with the eating before race, but it's because of the time. It was just such an awkward time. Like one, it's not early enough to eat lunch. And then breakfast, because we were sending some, like, uh, college, I literally just, there was only thing going
1: was toast. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'll be fine. Mm. But again, that's just a bit of, bit of an experience on my part. So are you acknowledging those things, I think, is really important because, you know, mm-hmm. all these things that you're learning in this part of the journey, you know, I mean, I, funny, I was watching something last night, a documentary about UC and Bolt, and uh, what was interesting was that even as a really, as an Olympic champion, he was still making mistakes, uh, adjusting things, and you could see that, you know, ongoing learning kind of curve for him, even as an athlete of his level. So, you know, I think it applies to everybody.
0: And, uh,
1: you know, as long as you're learning, you're
0: improving, you know, pretty spectacular that you can, you know, push yourself all the way to the limit where your legs are just giving out underneath you. And yeah, you're mm-hmm. able to go. That deep. I think that's a real um a real attribute and something that's gonna leave you in good stead for the uh, the future. And then yeah, congratulations. I mean I to turn it around two weeks later and dispel the demons and uh yeah, get it done. It was it was epic watching. That. I reckon that race in uh Brussels there was the race of the day for me, anyways. Especially yeah. that finish was just yeah, really awesome. That was mad. Yeah. Um so I guess how, how would you how would you rank that moment? Um, as as part of the entire year, I mean, obviously you you know you competed at World Champs. You were standing there next to in your Britain, a bit of a god in in modern times on the track. Um, was that a highlight, or what do you think? Definitely, yeah. I'd say it's
2: probably between those two. European track in the summer was good as well, but it was le- for me that was less of a highlight and more of a. I know I still won silver, but it was more of a dark moment just because I really really wanted to win it. But yeah, I'd say I was up there just because of what happened to Garen and kind of coming back and putting on a solid performance and then getting the team one as well was, was really, really special. So what that and then standing beside Jacob was unbelievable as well. Just looking around the stadium and I, I like I don't I don't get that nervous before races really. Like obviously there's a bit of nerves, but that one I was like not feeling any nerves at all. I was just looking around like this is unbelievable. There's like a full stadium. I was looking around like, this is, this is actually, this is where I want to be. Like, this is so cool. I've never had that properly before. It's been like, full stadium, because obviously it's, I've raced the junior champs and stuff. It's not that. It's, it's, you could say it's a big deal, but there's not like, there's only like me one section, but it's a full stadium. And it, oh, it was mm. so cool. It was so, just looking around and like, standing beside Jakob. And he didn't say nothing to me. I thought in the call room, maybe I was going to try and say hello to him and chat to him, but he was, he was all locked and loaded. So, yeah, that was a very, that was a special one as well, just to get an experience.
1: It's a really iconic photograph, isn't it?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's
1: very good, yeah. Yeah, you look more chill than he does, actually. I
2: know, because I, I see calm on the, calm Ryan, Paul, and Willis. It Was a Paul, not Peter, Peter Carty and Matt Willis came over, like, to watch. So they were all, they managed to scam their way into, like, the bottom row right beside it. And then they were sat over there, and they were just, like, typically just, Hooligans. So I look over at them and I'm just like <laughs> Yeah, it was I just looked over and that's that's why I was like smiling at them, but yeah, Jakob looks a bit more serious than I do. Yeah,
0: yeah I do. I guess a fairly, you know, a, a bit of a free swing for yourself for your first, you know, major, major championships yeah. like that. And uh yeah, you just get to enjoy it and then go back the next time it's on and win the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Olympics, Olympics twenty twenty
1: four. So, so that leads yeah. us nicely on to the, the next question, which is, so 2024 promises to be a really exciting year for you. So what are the plans or what are the things you'd most want to do?
2: Um, Again, I think it's going to be hopefully a big year. Less about championships and more just about learning, growing, becoming a better athlete and, yeah, getting that experience and really turning trying to transition or starting a transition from like a promising junior into a senior a good senior and starting to compete like I was in a few senior races in the summer and, like ran well and nice and stuff like that across europe but starting to compete in those races be competitive indoors outdoors and yeah hopefully i think rome is a is a is going to be good hopefully if i can get a standard for that because there might be a few people that don't go because of the olympics and yeah, it's quite early on. There's two months between that and the Olympics. And I think that's, Olympics is definitely a target as well, but I think it'll be similar to this year where European juniors was kind of the main goal. I think Rome will be like a big one because I feel like I can I can do really well there with maybe a few people not there. And um yeah, just obviously I'm out of school now, so I'm fully focused on athletics. Um, and then the Olympics will be like worlds, you know, hopefully I can make it. I think I can make it, but yeah, it's just going to be about seeing if I can get that standard and then, um, it'll definitely be difficult, but I don't see, I don't see why I can't do it. And again, hopefully run a few quick times. The last, last few years it's been, obviously I've been a junior. So it's been about winning medals at junior championships, but this year there probably won't be any medals, but at at Europeans world level, but realistically. So yeah, it's just about running some good times and uh, taking another step forward. And then, yeah, who knows where that leaves me
1: at the end of the year. And do you ever think about uh about records? And I mean, this year, for instance, you were really close to Jimmy McGuinness, who holds the Northern Ireland uh um mile record. I think it's from 1977, and you know, yeah. you were just a whisker away. Um I suppose when you're racing, you maybe don't think about those things, and maybe if you get them, then it's a really nice uh sort of prize at the end of the race as well.
2: Yeah, I think I, I definitely do. I don't know if it's because of the Irish junior records and stuff because I've had quite a few of those, but I definitely t- took a look at all the statistics and stuff like that and like the the NI records. So I think I'm second in three distances, which is pretty annoying. So fingers crossed, I can get a few of those this year. Um, but yeah, again, it's it's a real privilege to be already competing for Northern Irish records at such a young age. So yeah, it's just. The t- like, if you do the training, and you, as I'm saying, I'm getting stuck in, and hopefully times will progress, etc., etc., those records will kind of come. So, it's not really, I'd say the only one I've really went in was Oregon last year. Like, I kind of went in, feeling like, okay, I want to break the RS record because I don't have it, I haven't ran a 5k. And then in Nice, I didn't have the 15 millimeter outdoor record, so I was like, yeah, I want to go and run three. I, I said 336, I wanted to run, I ended up running that. But obviously, with that came the RS record. So I think it is just about getting stuck in those races running quick and look. If the records come, they come. You know what I mean.
1: What do you? It was this kind of a um. Just based on what we've been talking about, you're f- very self reflective. So what do you at the moment? What do you see as your biggest strength as an athlete? And conversely, then what is the area you think you've got to work most on going forward? Um, biggest strength. That's a good one. I'd say.
2: You're gonna to have to give me a minute. That's that's actually a very good one. I'd say I'm pretty fast. I need to work on. Do you know what it is? It's about winning and being like even on the weekend. I didn't. I just wasn't in it to win enough. You know what I mean? It's just a very honest reflection. Like, as much as I say that might have been because of nationals and the team, et cetera, et cetera I think. I'm going to be very focused on just winning races and stuff. And and as as I did in 2021, when I was obviously, I was racing over 15, 16 years, I wasn't racing seniors. I won like, a lot of races because I was racing people my age. So yeah, I think I really want to focus on that this year and, and just try and get some of those wins rather than coming second and third and, and fourth and really, yeah, holding out to the end. You know what I mean? I had a few, it, it was two weeks in a row, it was the Nationals and then Europeans. I kind of took it on. And then ended up, I didn't really die, but I just didn't have tablet over the last 100 and, and ended up coming second in Buffalo. So, yeah, I'd say that that's something I want to work on. But biggest strength, I'd say probably mentally, I think I'm quite strong. Like, I don't, it doesn't really matter what happens. I kind of just, you're not defined by whatever race you just ran, if I've just ran a really quick time good, but go put that on your head and try and run quicker next week. And then if you run something really slow, it's like Gar or, or et cetera, kind of just put that out of your head as well and just mentally reset, focus on the next one. And then yeah, I think I I'm, I'm aerobically, hopefully calm's very good aerobic, you know, he's got very good lactates, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and I'm I'm not so good. I'm more like a fifteen a typical fifteen hundred meter runner. So yeah, me and him training together does help me work on that. And then I obviously help him with the speed stuff. So yeah, I'd say aerobically, hopefully, cause I'm doing more. I was only, say I was probably only on 65 miles last year, I averaged going into the season. So this year i um, I've run around 180 week, well 180 mile week, which was, it was tough going, but I've started up the mileage. So hopefully I can run pretty quick and faster over 5k than I, than
1: I did. It must be nice as well, knowing that you have headroom with your training. I mean, Obviously, you hear the rumors about other guys. You read some of the guys you're competing against, and the volume of training. You know, so a lot of mm-hmm. the guys you're competing against at the top level have been running at a high level a lot longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, there must be comforting to know that you've got still room for improvement just in terms of training volumes.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I love the way Mark does training because it's kind of been, and, I, and it, I can see it. Like, I can see what I'm doing is getting results and it's been a very gradual improvement. You know what I mean? Like I haven't touched wood, I haven't got an injury so far. And like I I think the first season I was in was be fifty five, sixty. And then last year it was kind of sixty five, probably average sixty five, seventy, et cetera. And then this year now I'm out of school, I'm starting to step up a wee bit more, seventy five, eighty. So I can like there's progression every single year, you know what I mean? Um and yeah, it's just about trusting the process. And yeah, I couldn't be happier where I'm at so yeah uh it's yeah training's fun we we have a lot we have a big group and uh everyone everyone enjoys it everyone helps out everyone's always sharing reps so i in terms of like axel was saying he ran he said i think it was on 180k weeks when he was like 16 wow. and sam i was probably on like 55 or 60 55 or 60 mile weeks. so i'd say that's probably like under 100k so he's honest he's nearly doing double what i was i remember reading that and thinking like me like Firstly, how is he doing that? And secondly, why am I not doing that? But yeah, that was obviously just a bit of an immature outlook. And yeah, it's exciting to know that over the next three years, I can gradually increase. And look, there's no need to. Personally, how I think about it is I've got so much time to start doing 100, 110, 120 mile weeks. You know what I mean? So that'll come with time. And there's no point in just me hopping out of school and going from a guy who does 65 mile weeks to a guy who does 110. Because I'm just going to realistically, unless I'm, really, really robust. I'm probably just gonna get injured. So yeah, it's it's exciting, definitely.
0: Do you have someone that you sort of look up to or see as a bit of an idol in the sport?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um mine's always been Usain in both just because yeah he was just so good. <laughs> he yeah, he was the reason I kinda of got into athletics when I was like five or six. I started watching because I didn't actually do it, but I watched all the diamond leagues and stuff since I was young and then obviously sports day I thought like I was UC in both. So he's a he's a big idol. I used to have like I think I still do have you seeing bold photos and stuff in my room. It's pretty embarrassing for a nineteen year old, but hopefully he never hopefully he never hears that. But um yeah, I'd say him and then I always say from an Irish perspective, which again it's a bit of a it's a bit of a rogue one because he's so young, but Dara McElhenney, because like whenever I was 13, 14, as I was saying, I'd just been doing school events and between once a week, twice a week. And I'd see him, like, he ran, like, the Irish 5K record and came for European juniors in 2019. So seeing that, it's kind of like, as a young lad from from Corky is, and I'm a young lad from Tyrone, like, you look at that and think, like, if he can do that, I remember reading an article, Kyle Denny, he did it on him in the Irish Examiner in, like, 2020, and we thinking, if he can do that, why can I not do that? You know what I mean? If he can get to a European level, and at the time, I, I literally, I think I'd run 205 for 800, and that was it. And I, like, it wasn't very good, but... Yeah, it is guys like that who obviously Usain Bolt was so good from so young, and it's it's a completely different thing. He's a sprinter, and he's from Jamaica, etc. But and locally, I think he he definitely inspired me a lot when I was younger to just kind of push the boundaries and think, you know, what if if a young kid from Cork can do that? Like so can you? You know what I mean? Mm.
0: And final question for me: What's the what's the limit at uh, Vicky Park Park Run? How how long <laughs> does that time go? Uh, I have no idea I
2: have no clue I'm hoping hoping I can get the, the world record on it someday because we we love what we went there parkrun so it is just so so difficult to because like nine in the morning like I'm actually d- decent enough I think at getting up and kind of preparing for it like it is a bit of a race but uh, some of our lads aren't, aren't the best at it and it's so hard to get up at like nine half nine or get up at seven and race at half nine well I say race at the time trial but to get yourself into that mindset of like Oh, you have to go and hurt here. Because like mm-hmm. the stuff we do in Dreamlands, obviously we might be doing Temple One Hills. So you're kind of just you're enjoying it as you should at Temple One Hills, you know what I mean? It's not like you're going to while, well, but to have to go around and do it all out five K times for a half nine is so difficult. But so far I've managed to to do pretty well at it. But I'd say give it give me a few years. Give me a few years and maybe we could see. Well, the the world record as long as it doesn't progress, I'd say maybe in, in two or three years I could give that like 13.45 a crack. But it would be, nice, be nice to have it at Victoria Parkham, wouldn't it? Absolutely. 100%. absolutely.
1: So I've just one final thing. You were talking about the group. Um, mm-hmm. So who do you reckon has the worst haircut in your training group? The worst trim? Ah, oh, that's actually...
2: Let me debate this a second. See all who's there. You can't the say Mark really because
0: you insult Mark no, at the no, same his, time.
2: His, his, his is up there. Yeah, his is up there. I'd say... Louis Mallon's, like for a while, it's not that bad, No, it's good now, but Louis and like, I don't know if it'll be any funny photos, like, April 2022, his trim was so bad. And I don't know if he'll agree, but I remember him saying to me, like, oh, we were on like Camp Portugal. he was like, oh, I'm going on out, I'm going on out, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a ginger afro, I was like Louis, that's that's, not, that's not <laughs> that. But he's, he's, look, he's cleaned himself up now, to be fair to him, he's, he's got himself a, a nice skin fade, and he's cut the afro back
1: a wee bit, so. Yeah. He ginger and Afro were two words that should <laughs> never be used together.
2: No, he looks a lot better now. He looks but it was just that this one stage of his
0: life, it was it was very dodgy. But thankfully he copped it on. Right. <laughs> oh, well, look, thank you so much for chatting to us today, Nick. We really appreciate no you coming on. And uh yeah, we're we're all behind you here and uh looking forward to 2024. It's gonna be a big one. Yeah, cheers. Thanks very much. Okay, man. Thanks a million. So that was Nick Griggs. Really nice guy, actually. First time I've chatted to him in in length there. Michael, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I was really impressed. Um, you know, I think a really modest, uh, mature young guy, um, a fantastic athlete. And uh, I thought was, what was really interesting was how he had dealt with the disappointment at Gowron and turned it into something really positive. And, the kind of leadership and maturity he showed in Brussels to, you know, set a really great example and bring the Irish team home. Um, And, you know, that's not
0: something you'll always say in a 19 year old. So uh, well done to him. Mm, And we, we obviously asked him there who his idols were in the sport, but I don't think you'd be going too far wrong as a, as a junior or a younger athlete choosing him as an idol. He's uh, yeah. quickly becoming world-class. Uh, what about the rest of the uh, contingent from Northern Ireland over in Brussels? Any key highlights there, Michael?
1: Yeah, I think his, you know, Nick's performance was fantastic. Uh, another medal for him. Anna Gardner um, in the women's under 20 finished seventh. And by my reckoning, she has maybe one, maybe two more years uh, in the competition. Um, she recently won the Irish under 18 title. She's a sensational talent. You know, once you're getting up into the top 10, top eight, you know, close to the top six in European level, you really are a serious athlete. So I'm really excited to see what she can do over the next couple of years. Um, you know, there are other solid performances. Nobody, uh, let themselves down. Callum Morgan, Matthew Lavery all had solid runs under 23s is a big step up, um, and really, really competitive. Uh, on the wider Irish scene, Cormac Dalton backed up his national championship um, win with a fantastic eighth place in a really, really strong field. Um, and with McCormick, fourth, a week after the Valencia Marathon, um, she nearly meddled. Incredible. Um, yeah. And we talked about last time, you know, for those who know about athletics, she's, she's everybody appreciates. But I think in the wider public, I don't know that she gets the recognition she deserves because she's a, an amazing athlete. Um, and that was just another great performance.
0: Yeah, that could have equaled, you know, run run of the day in my eyes um, with Nick's performance, potentially even more impressive to be able to back it up after a marathon and then run a really decent placing at the Eurocross. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, on the same day as the Eurocross, there was a, a small contingent of uh, athletes from Northern Ireland that travelled over to Telford in England for the famously quick 10k that takes place over there. You actually joined a few of those athletes in Telford. How did it all go down?
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting weekend. Um, I think everybody was expecting a fast, high quality race, and it certainly didn't disappoint. Um, we got there early. It was a real buzz around the venue as the runners began to gather. It was pretty cool just standing around as some of the big guns rocked up. So we had the uh, the fastest twins. Sorry to Adam and Johnny Spratt, but there are faster twins. <laughs> <laughs> the Wheelers rocked up, and they looked like the two guys from that you know eight oh eight oh uh, advert on TV with the little tashes. And then Mark Scott rocked up, um, and uh, he won the race in the end in twenty eight thirty six, uh, just ahead of. Uh, Charlie and George Wheeler, who ran about 20 at 40. 52 men broke 30 minutes. So put it in perspective, the Sealy was one in 30 flat. 50 people in that race ran quicker. Now, uh, for the Northern Ireland guys, um, Connor Bradley led the way home in 10th place in 29.20. Iskander, Turkey was 29.45, Finn McNally 29.47. So with three guys who broke the magic 30 minutes. Conan Bukocki he's coming back to a bit of form, got a 30-39. And Luke Dinsmore, who was over, actually his team manager, took a late run, ran 30-48. Um, another local guy who was running for his Manchester club um, was Chris Fielding, who ran about 30-30. Uh, with one lady running um, from the endurance contingent, which is Caitlin Harvey, who ran just outside 36 minutes. Still looked like she had a wee
0: bit of marathon legs. and yeah, I, think, I also... think she picked up a bit of an eye infection, I think, in the week yeah, leading up true. to the race. So she that was on some help, pretty heavy certainly. antibiotics. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And Nikita Burke was also running from Letterkenny, Kenny, and I think she just shaded 34 minutes, which was a, a, a pretty good good run. Um, I brought the mobile microphone with me and not – sort of willing to ever miss an opportunity i managed to uh, to nab a few people so if we run that now it was good to catch up with the guys and hear their thoughts so the back street is back and this time we're live in telford in the english midlands for the prestigious telford 10k which is by reputation one of the fastest 10ks anywhere in the uk uh, we're here to Follow the fourteens of a group of Northern Irish runners who are part of the endurance program. We have the North Belfast duo of Finn McNally and Conan McCockey joined by City of Derry's Conor Bradley and Annadale's Iskander Turkey. We have a couple of blow ins also in Luke Dinsmore and Jimmy Sloan from Annadale. While in the ladies' competition, we have Caitlin Harvey from Roadrunners AC and Better Kenny's Nikita Burke. Now, as I've mentioned, this is a really, really top race. Um, Already I've seen Mark Scott and the Wheeler twins who are gonna be contesting up front. So I expect it to be fast and furious from the get-go. Historically, just looking at previous winners and times, Adam Craig from Inverclyde holds the men's course record, which is a, a stunning 28-32, while I think it's Samantha Harrison from Charnwood, who holds the ladies race in 31.10. So I'm not sure whether those records uh, will go today, but given the field, there's every chance. Conditions are pretty good, crisp, but the wind has dropped, a little bit of drizzle, but we're expecting some really fast performances. say something?
3: Shall I say something?
1: And I have Finn McNally here, who's going to give us a couple of words before his run. So how are you feeling?
0: Yeah, so today everyone's here for one reason and that's to just to run fast. So me and my mentality is I don't care where I come today, you know, it's not about the position, prize money, whatever, it's just about trying to run as fast as possible. So I don't care where I come, 20th, 10th, my goal on this course today is just to try and run as fast as possible. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do today.
1: Good man. I'm going to enjoy watching it. Huh? I'm going to enjoy watching it. I'll probably drop out. But, you know, <laughs>
3: that was a
4: good friend <laughs> <thought. laughs>
1: have so just watched the really spectacular Telford 10K with Mark Scott the uno- unofficial winner in a really quick time but we're here with Conor Bradley who reckons he's run around 29-20 not quite as quick as last
3: year but uh, he really committed and uh, you know overall are you reasonably happy with that? Yeah reasonably happy um, with kind of the way the, the past weeks went Was a bit of an eye infection so I wasn't feeling 100% but I just thought about trying to commit and see how the, the body would feel and Felt felt okay the first mile, kind of we went out really hard, it was probably about a, a 4.28 first mile and you Whoa. look to your right hand side and Mark Scott's there, you know you're on for a kind of quick pace, um, I kind of probably leave it too quick for me and kind of drop back into the next group um, and we went through in around 14.30 so just had to dig in from there and get home. Okay and what's next for you? Um, I'm thinking a bit of a break now, maybe for a week or two. Um, enjoy Christmas a wee bit and then kind of look towards um, probably, our math 5k, I'd say, in February. And, and this
1: year you've managed to stay injury-free and healthy and you're building a, a body of, of consistent kind of performance?
3: Yeah, yeah. I What I tried to do over the winter, I was struggling with injury. I decided to drop the mileage down um, and just try and keep it consistent week in, week out. So I was kind of running that 70 mile a week the past 16 weeks of showing seems to have put me in a good place whereas previously I was running you know 85 one week and then uh getting nickels and that having to drop 45 the next week so rather than doing that just average 70.
1: Well look well done on today and I look forward to seeing you at Armagh.
3: Yeah thanks very much
1: Michael. So I've just grabbed another one of the NIN Ulster athletes, Conan McCocky who uh has been working really
4: hard the last few weeks has had plenty of races so how was today? Um yeah, it's went better than expected. I suppose it's been kind of a rough autumn with illness and nickels and injuries. So, I just this is kind of like the final race of the season before building back up. So, I ran low 30 40s, 42, 43. So, yeah, I'm happy enough. Kind of, I think that's where I'm at. So, yeah, it's a lot quicker than Sealy last weekend.
1: Yeah, I was just saying to Conor Bradley that, you know, this sport is so unforgiving because even if you're like 1% off, you know, 30 minute 10 minutes, 18 seconds. So, you know, it's really hard to be on the peak of your game, you know, year in, year out all the
4: time because, you know, there's people get colds, they get injuries and things. I think that's it. And it's just having the experience that, I think even if you're having kind of like a rough autumn and just kind of stick with it and like you can build them back up for the next year and really target a PB. So it's just having that experience, like when you're shuffling in a race that you've run quicker than this before. So just relax into it. I mean, it's great with the group here. It's, it's really helped and um, kind of with Luke and Iskander and Connor um, and Finn as well. Kind of all going the right altitude to represent the Ulsters.
1: Yeah, one of the things that, you know, I sort of was a, a slight bystander to this, but one of the things I picked up on is it's lovely to see you guys as a group here and just the chat around breakfast and things and people comparing notes and ideas. And there's something about that in terms of, you know, you know, collaboratively, people working together and helping everybody improve?
4: Yeah, like that's it. I think it's really kinda of sets the bar and I think the race is here, that's where you're gonna really run the fast yeah. times and really learn. because um, at home I suppose you're kinda of looking at other vests and you're probably trying to focus on other people or is this race you don't have to think about anything, you just get in the flow and yeah, pick people oh, yeah, off and it's class yeah. because you don't have that pressure, it's not tactical. You just <laughs> run as hard as you can for as long as you can. So, yeah. well, look, well done today, Conan, and I'm sure we'll see you at some race in the next few weeks. Yeah, thanks. I think I, I'll take it out of Christmas. I think I won't be going up Castle Hill or anything mad like that. But yeah, looking forward back for Senior Cross and then trip for Portugal to North Belfast. Yeah, yeah, you were going to mention that. <laughs> Thank God, it's flashing rain and about two
0: degrees here. So, Cheers, man. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. So that wraps up Telford. It was really good to get hearing from those guys and nice work on a a solid bit of reporting there, Michael. Uh, Maybe we'll have to get over there next year. And yeah, hopefully Jimmy Sloan. I know he maybe didn't have the run that he was hoping for, but uh, yeah, our teammate Jimmy Sloan, hopefully he'll be back next year and we can get racing.
1: Yeah. I think Jimmy ran a season's best 5K though. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Sorry, Jimmy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, the fun for us, actually, Danny, um, this is nothing to do with athletic performance, but it is a feat of endurance. So um, Jimmy and a and I got back to the airport uh, in Birmingham on Sunday evening, anticipating flying back to Belfast at 7.15. So about 7.30, 7.40, we're in a, a stairwell beside a door that leads out onto the uh, the concrete and the plane. Yeah. Only for the door to open and guide us the day. The plane's broken, you're going nowhere. Oh, no. So, uh, we were randomly assigned a flight for the next day. But, cut a long story short, that flight was canceled, and Iskander and I had to go to Dublin. Jimmy got another flight home. So, everybody arrived back saying, I'm not going anywhere ever again. I'm just going to let me (laughs) say,
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, that does not sound worth it. (laughs) No. Uh. Ah oh, well, glad that you made it back in one piece. And uh, yeah, actually, I think I did see a had a a good looking run that he'd done from Birmingham Airport and out and back and come back. <laughs> so yeah, he yeah. did.
1: He did nine miles in uh, on Monday morning. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Can't miss, <laughs> can't miss the training. Um, should we talk a little bit about the the Owen Spears? Uh I think you had yeah. a few of the results there. Yeah.
1: Yes, I've really um <laughs> one result the. It's a notoriously tough course, and the race is um, was renamed in memory of Erwin Spears, who was the main mover and shaker behind the Acorns Athletics Club. Um, and Cahir Purvis, it's his maiden senior victory, and there's something kind of really um, lovely about a local guy winning in a local race. Um, and I think originally um, his dad was involved with Acorns and things, so there's a lot of a lot of history there. Um, He's one of the most improved athletes sort of uh locally over the winter. So it's really nice to see him, you know, all the reward for all that hard training. Um and then just last week up in the Northwest cross country um in Derry, uh another athlete, Jared Martin from Bally Drain and Oxford University, who was a, a good junior a couple of years ago, he also took a maiden win. So that's good to see two new faces at the top of the podium in local cross-country races. Um because it's good to see these younger athletes start pushing through and um kind of staking the claim, which is nice.
0: Yeah, definitely. I bet you car has been telling all his mates about it ever since he got that win. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, if you've ever seen that race, I mean, anybody who wins or just finishes that race deserves a medal because the course is built on um kind of not amazing land, kind of maybe possibly even reclaimed. And when it rains, it just is like running through like Irish stew up mm. to your knees and uh, there's a few photographs
0: <sighs> and it just looks, <laughs> just looks crazy. That sounds, that sounds pretty diet. Yeah. So it was, so that's North a race Belfast. for next year, Danny. Don't be going to yeah. Australia. That's
1: a race you got to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm definitely would prefer to be doing that than uh, sitting on the beach, drinking an ice cold beer. <laughs> it was actually uh North North Belfast that got the top three spots of that race in the men's race. So, obviously, they won in the team standings too. And then it was Tanya Cummings in the women's race from Newcastle AC, Odetta Sidlas-Gate from Willowfield Harriers, and then Natalie Hall in the women's race. So, yeah, that was sort of a few um, results from the Acorns race there. I don't have the Derry cross-country results. I did see that Luke Dinsmore maybe came second up there. Luke was second in that race, yeah. Um... Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think for anybody who's really you know keen to get the in-depth results on the Athletics Northern Ireland website, the results section, you can find out what you need to know. Um, I think it also would suggest that North Belfast have really got a stranglehold, certainly in the men's league standings at the minute.
0: Yeah. Some of these other clubs, uh, maybe our club included, we might need to uh, get back on top of that. They're starting to pull away.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
0: Um, look... As we sort of draw towards the end of the episode here, what are some of the upcoming races that are going to be happening between now and when we next release?
1: Okay. There's a few races uh, around the country on Boxing Day. So there is a Broca Bay 5K, which is in Tyrone. There's also the famous Greencastle Five Mile in Tyrone, which usually attracts a really good quality field. Uh, I think Neil Johnson, from what I can gather, is running it. And you might find... You know some of the athletes who are back, maybe are based in England, will be back uh running in it. Um there's also I think uh, Orange Grove Club from Belfast are having a 5k in East Belfast around the CIYMS uh sports facilities. Um
0: Yep, yep that's right the, yeah, Orange Grove.
1: Yeah, on 30th December it's the Christmas cracker in Castlewellan, which is uh a whole other thing it combines our elite mountain runners um right down through club runners through through joggers down to people who just want to survive the distance in fancy dress so it is it is something it has grown exponentially over the years and it is a real festival of running and of christmas joy so it has to be mm. seen to be believed
0: yeah i've uh I've heard that th- that race, that Christmas Cracker race, is maybe uh, close second on the list for races just behind the Sealy, of you know, race of the year. I've heard that even some athletes, not naming any names, Noel McNally actually didn't race in the Sealy just so that they were nice and fresh for uh, a good run down there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how – um. Few of those teams go down there. I think Noel McNally's teaming up with Caitlin Harvey, so that makes quite yeah. a strong mixed team. I think our very own Robin McKee and Philip Cooper are going to be running that as well. I could be wrong in saying that, but um, look, there's going to be some Ooh, good I matchups.
1: Know. I don't know. There's also there's a race the day afterwards, and th- I think I don't know. Robin may be doing that. Um, she may do both. But there's yeah. the Expleo, I think am I pronouncing correctly, Festival of Running. And that features a 3K, a 5K, and a 10K. And that's organized by Glenn Grant of Championship Ireland. Um, and again, I think he'll be taking entries pretty close to the wire. So all the details are available on the ANI website. And last year, a few of the guys ran, and they were pretty fast races. I think, um, was it last year Ben Brana, Or maybe it was even the year before. It was one in under 30 minutes. So if you get decent weather conditions in the harbour kind of a state, you can get pretty quick times. Yeah. And um, you, if
0: you're not if you're not too stuffed from uh, big Christmas dinner still.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, run a decent uh, time. Yeah. yeah, there'd be a word few on the street,
0: yeah, word on the street as well is that there'll be a few um hometown heroes back for a fast park run at Victoria Park Run this weekend. So yeah. All oh, right. Refresh the results madly at around about 10 or 11 on Saturday, and there could be some some good times on there. Any names? Uh, I think Jack Steenson said he's um hoping to break 15 minutes for the 18th time, uh, as okay. in his 18th eighteenth try. I don't know if he's actually done 18, but, uh, yeah, I think he to he's going to so.
4: run an
1: actual 5K this time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I believe so. He's going to have a crack. <laughs> Maybe Cameron Stewart's going to go out there and uh, provide a bit of a race for him. We'll see. So, Cameron's, yeah, Cameron
1: was sick last weekend, so I don't know.
0: Okay. Um, oh, well, fingers crossed that something happens in that on that front. The other big um,
1: news, Danny, while you've been away, is that um, uh, Stephen Connolly appeared at the track last week.
0: That he then did, yeah. Yeah,
1: and uh, he's on the comeback trail.
0: Yeah, he's also... He was also there at the training session on the Saturday when we went down the tow path and, uh, yeah. got about a mile into one of the two mile reps. And, uh, then we were basically up to our knees in water. So we had to turn around. And run back. <laughs> uh, yeah, not, not ideal, but yeah, good to see him back and, um, yeah, good to keep growing on that front. But, um, I guess, you know, that's our, that's our last episode for the year. And, um, yeah, I, I personally have had a really good time putting this on so far in this second half of 2023, and uh looking forward to a really good 2024. Can't think of anything that we're going to be previewing or highlighting into next year, but obviously the Olympics is going to be a big one. So, yeah, looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, and I just want to thank our listener for staying with us for all these weeks. Yeah,
0: yes, thank you. You know Lisa. who you are. We really yes. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, keep coming back, and uh, yeah, if you haven't already. Um, jumped on our Spotify and uh, given us a rating, uh, feel free to do so. It's always appreciated and uh, share this episode with a friend. But um, yeah, until next time, we will just sign off and I will start by saying hooroo.
1: And I'm going to say Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a good one and see you in 2024.